0: I can't build something and then decide to coast. The only way you can coast is downhill.
1: What's up, guys? My name is Tucker Bierman. I'm part owner of Refined Tile and Design located in Wilmington, North Carolina. We are a multimillion-dollar small business that is learning and growing as we go. We started the Refining Exchange podcast in order to learn from other small business owners and leaders that have paved the way before us. Well, let's kick this off. I'm excited to talk to you. Obviously, you're going to bring a little bit different perspective, but tell our audience and, and the listeners who John Kane is and a little bit about the business that you've started, specifically the consulting business.
0: Good afternoon, good evening, or whatever that this, this applies to wherever someone is. My name's John Kane. I'm just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. So solidly in the Midwest. Been in the construction trades for probably um close to about 35 years. Some of the work that I did there gave me the opportunity to get involved in total quality management. And that was in the early nineties. So I began to apply total quality management principles to the service industry, which was not really being done at that time. It was all about manufacturing and automobiles and all that, and made some remarkable strides with the company I was working with. So we kind of revolutionized how we listened to the customer and geared the operation to meet those needs. And when we did that, The business literally went through the roof. That success got me, I won't say notoriety, but it, it brought up a lot of questions from other folks, other contractors that we were doing business with. Can you show us how to do that? And that led to some pretty interesting things. And I started doing, consulting on the side. And eventually that door opened
1: to be able to do it full time. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what I do. That's really good. And just to put some, some time context to this, when did you start doing that? Hmm, let's see, maybe six years ago. Okay. So you've been doing it six years full time now. Yep. Boy. How many companies to this point, can you count them? There's probably a dozen that okay. I work
0: with because some of them are long-term projects. Yeah. Uh, I'm working with only a small handful right now. One of them a lot because I'm significantly involved in helping them transition from second to third generation. So that's taking yeah. a lot of my time.
1: Let's talk about that um, a little bit. To you, are these are all twelve of these businesses? Are they all in the residential trades? No, they're yeah. not. Okay,
0: some of them are light manufacturing. Uh, okay, strictly, strictly commercial industries. Others are in, in the residential trades. Some of them are private entities that are in the tech areas.
1: That's really good. So shaping this, obviously, you know, we're speaking and talking to a lot of business owners and leaders, so you're having these conversations as you coach some of these guys up. What are some of the common anxieties that you're seeing out of the business owner and leader that is across the board?
0: Great question. And you're tempted to jump to the easy answer. We can't find enough people. Yeah. And the people we find maybe aren't the right people. Let's clarify that. We can't find enough of the right people. I think a lot of them are struggling with, uh, I'll say, new work ethic. The ideas of the industrial age education of you go to school, you get some education, you work for a big company, and you work at the factory, and you work there for the next 45 years, and you're going to retire, and everything will be okay. Well, that industrial age game plan doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And we're dealing with a younger workforce that says, yeah, but I want time to go to the gym. I need a little bit of flex time. Well, I think some of the older business owners that are dealing with younger workforce really have a hard time. You know, the word is they they don't work like I do. They're not as dedicated. Well, yes, they are, but it's in a different way. The differences in, I I hate to use the term age gap, but there's just a, a little thought gap there that says. Well, we used to work this way. And I used to, I worked myself to death. And I think a lot of folks probably in their 30s, uh, maybe 40s, watch their parents do that and sacrifice their health for the sake of the company. And they're not willing to do that. And I don't blame them. You need a little bit of a life. You need something else going on other than I don't want to die at the desk. I think one of the other challenges is we live in, in an era where change comes so quickly. Yeah, and software changes, and as soon as I implement something enterprise wide, eighteen months later, it's out of date. Or my yeah. software keeps changing, and my my hardware keeps changing. And running a business and trying to stay up to date with all that is a real challenge.
1: No, that's good. And again, I told you before we jumped on this call about a conversation I had with another business owner earlier today. Actually, what's your advice? You know, your biggest advice to that anxiety. The advice that I would have is, you have to accept the fact that it's not
0: going to remain the same. I can't build something and then decide to coast. The only way you can coast is downhill. So there's always going to be this uphill struggle of, if I want to grow my business, I have to change. Now those changes may come quickly. I mean, what the, what have we seen in the last two and a half three years? We've yeah. seen disruptive change in the marketplace like we've never dealt with before. Businesses either survive, they reinvented themselves literally overnight, or they're gone. So I think for an entrepreneur, they have to accept the fact that we're going to be changing. It's always going to be happening. I can't keep doing things the same way. I see changes absolutely necessary, but all too often we just we've especially with especially with different generations in the, in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where guys my age in the fa- out on the factory floor will say, yeah, I tried that. Yeah, we did that eighty five, and we tried it first in seventy two. Then in ninety six, we tried it again, and they never really addressed the problem. Sometimes Western management goes from plan and do.
1: So, in diving in on this, you can tell I'm getting excited because these are the things that I'm trying and failing and trying again. So, what is your view, and and what how would you coach me on keeping people accountable to those things? What I find myself doing, what the conversations I'm having with others is, hey, John, you brought a great idea to the table. Let's get it implemented. You know, here's resources to implement it. And then, you know, a month from now, you didn't follow through on your idea or my idea. How do you coach accountability within, you know, from the leadership down to teams?
0: Good question. You know, with your employees, who's probably going to execute better than someone else. So I'm going to pick the person. I'm going to stack the deck in my favor. I'm going to pick the person that I think is going to probably be my, uh, my shining star right out of the gate. Yeah. I want to introduce my idea to them. Here's what we're going to do and why, what are your thoughts? I immediately want to bring them in on the thought process. Get back to me, maybe by the end of the week with what you see as five to seven critical steps. Then you and I can sit down and put some meat on the bones. Mm. So when I bring that person into the planning I kind of know where I want it to go. I know what the bones should be, but I, this gives me an opportunity to look at their thinking. Then when I sit down with you, you're proud of this, this. Hey, this is great work. I want to take this thought one step forward. What were you thinking when you had this idea? And the more I bring you into the thought process, you're the owner. That's what I like to see when you launch a process. Bring one, bring two or three people around the table. Get that brainstorming, get the buy-in early.
1: Yeah, it's really good. And the engagement piece to that, if we talked about people and how you keep them engaged and bought into the vision and the process and changing processes, I'm sure you and other very wise people would say that's how you do it too, right? You make them and you don't just lay out the vision. It's you're making them a part of the vision and you're doing it that way, laying it out that way where they can own some things. I've learned that as a young leader, right? In the negative way is holding on to too many things. Mm-hmm. John, here's a couple of things for you to do. I'm stepping on your toes because you're not doing it the way that I wanted it. Then how do you feel? You feel dejected, not good enough for that task or two. And, and then you feel kind of worthless to the to the cause, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Taking that a little bit further, and you talk about this kind of new age employee that, that we're, we're getting to work with. And obviously there's so many positives to working to, with a new age employee, You know, thinking outside the box, being involved and excited and passionate about things when you're making a difference, right? Those are all things that I see from my generation that I'm getting to deal with and be a part of. I will say that the one thing that I'm learning and trying to figure out, and you can help coach me and coach our audience on, is when people hit their capacity, their capacity, you know, to do certain things. I just can't do anything more. I'm I'm to my limit. How do you coach that? How do you change perspective of people that you're trying to just get a little bit, to go a little bit further?
0: If someone comes to me and says, like, John, I just, I can't handle it. I'm to my limit. There's things falling off my plate. You know, my plate's full. So we hear all these nice terms. I want to sit down and I want to say, all right, let's 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 take a look at things. I want to take a look at what all they do and go, hmm, maybe some of these things can be done by someone else. Maybe it's time to add someone to your team. I will tell you that I've come across cases where people will say I'm to my limit and that limit is not really their limit. I need a little bit of time to do a little goofing around on the internet today. I was scrolling on my phone and and we know, you know, if I pay somebody eight hours a day, they're not working eight hours. We, we understand these things, but sometimes the limits—pressing me to my limit—I've seen people press to their limit, and you can see the tension. The responses are short; they're a little on edge. And as a business owner, you back off a little bit and go, "Okay." So many variables in this in this kind of thing. That's yeah. the beauty of owning a business, Tucker. There's, yeah, I've seen there's there's pathways to go down, but all too often there's no here. This is exactly the way you do it.
1: Yeah, there's no three easy steps to the finish line is what you're saying. <laughs> Remember. I was really hoping you'd come on and, and to share those with us so we could all make it. I think to your point, which it all boils down to this is knowing your people and just understanding I think uh man management is a term I heard of a famous soccer, premier league soccer coach, Alex Ferguson. They were like, he was a great man manager. And then touching on that too, my wife sent me a little snippet of, of something she read this morning it, to sum it up. It was saying, you know, you're not going to be a great leader if your head is down and you're not either picking up the phone call or engaged with your people. When you're trying to build a sustainable business getting to a point where you have people around you, where you can focus on them and give them life is so important.
0: You hit the nail right on the head. You have got to know those people and the guy that's motivated by two or three pats on the back. Excellent. Well done. And the guy that's motivated with, I hate to say the stick, but come on, you can do better. You know, I know there's more in you than this. Come on. This is, this is the limit there. You're I've always been careful to deliver some of those things privately. So I'm not gonna encourage the guy in front of the guy that needs to pat on the back. I don't want him walking away thinking, he never encourages me
1: like that. All I get is a pat on the back. That's because that's what you need. That's really good. And yeah, I think that was another thing we were talking about in our morning huddle today, which was owners are so scared to pat people on the back because they're worried a lot of times you're going to let off the gas a little bit, you know, you're going to slack a little bit. I'm doing great. I'm going to slow down and really learning to shift your focus obviously the metrics and that that's the accountability, but you really got to, this is what I'm learning, is you got to celebrate the wins and encourage those people because that inspires them. That gives value to what they're doing.
0: You know, the the old phrase, babies cry for it, men die for it. We all want recognition. That's right. In some way. And we all want it maybe a little differently, but it has to be there. You have to celebrate those wins. You know, you get the all work and no play. I have had clients tell me, I don't want to congratulate them too much. They're doing a great job. They'll turn around and ask for more money.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll get you out of here on this. It's kind of a common theme that, you know, we're having this conversation. I'm learning a lot. What is the one thing that you're talking to business owners and leaders right now? That's kind of like a new thing. And it's like, you guys are starting to figure it out, whether it's in your consulting business or with, you know, one of these businesses in particular, you know, from a leadership or business standpoint that you're like, man, this is good. I I really wish we're targeting these small, like one to $5 million companies that they need to know to kind of take their business to the next level.
0: Probably one of the biggest topics that gets talked about is, is what, kind of what we started with, is this idea of change. I just want to get things up and running. And this constant change in software and supply chain, it's just a challenge. Have your team understand that. That it's, we don't do the same, we don't come in and stand, in the, stand at the assembly line and I put on the six bolts on this tire on the right front side of the car. And I do that all day long and I get two brakes. Business doesn't run like that anymore. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's especially challenging. I think the older the business owner is, the more difficult it is because they ran their business. Like you said, they, they, they did all the crap work and they launched and they brought it up to a level. And I thought, wow, I'm successful uh, and, and I'm doing okay. And then as the years go by, they get a little bit older and now technology steps in. Really? Well, we used to do it this way. Well, what we used to, I think there was a song by Neil Diamond, used to bees don't last, We they, they fall on the floor and we sweep them away or something like that. So that's kind of the thing. Got to adapt to change,
1: yeah. whether you
0: like it or not. That's awesome.
1: Well, John, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time and, and it's some good stuff that I think we can all take from and learn from.
0: My pleasure. What you're doing here, I think is terrific because it helps business owners understand I'm not in this alone. I'm not out here, you know, shivering in the cold, wondering how I'm going to make payroll. And three of my guys didn't show up again today. And and, and uh, why is this happening to me? And I heard a great line years ago, whenever something you feel it, whenever you have that feeling, something is happening to me, maybe it's happening for you. Change to me to for me because it's helping me look at myself and go, how do I change this? Things go along, I can get complacent. With a a few speed bumps, wow, this is happening for me to learn, for me to grow, for me to change. So thank you for just letting me ramble on here for a few minutes.
1: Thanks, John. You're welcome. Take care. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you guys enjoyed, please give us a like or share the refining exchange with someone that could find this valuable. We're looking forward to learning and growing with you guys on the next one.